When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. This is Whitney Wiley. And I'm Greer McVeigh. What's up, G? Uh, nothing. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So I'm just... You're, you're all empty nested and stuff. So. I'm empty nested. I, I like getting... It's so funny. I'm like up being productive. I, you know, I, I think I got up at about... Well, my alarm clock went off at 7.05. And, but I didn't work today. So I'm like... Why did you turn my off? alarm set for Why so did you early? turn off your alarm? And then I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was like, ah, whatever. But I'll I get got up and up get it going. I get got up and did some stuff. I ordered some groceries online because that's my new thing, having them deliver it to my door. But then I went and bought some other groceries. And then I went and bought some alcohol. All salads and smoothie stuff to recoup from the 60 days of oh my God, a pork belly. <laughs> for my pork belly diet yeah my holiday pork belly diet um no so one of the things I don't know if I told you I got for for Christmas I got a drink I shouldn't even say it I don't even want to say it because you know we need to find some sponsors for this show so that we can talk about products and <laughs> so we can mention stuff yes we do but I, I got, got a it. drink kit so you gotta make lemon drops that well, I wonder. Somebody must really love you. What did you, what think, was in your I think, kit? I think someone does love me. What I was in got, your kit? I got vodka. That's a good premium start. vodka. Premium right. vodka, not ordinary vodka, not envoy vodka. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what was that? Payless, pack and I save brand? I, I don't know. Something, save more. Something cheap and weird but not Envoy. So I, it was premium vodka. And then I've got a, a shaker set, sterling silver shaker set or stainless steel. I don't know. I didn't I'm check. I'm sure the, it was sterling silver. I didn't check the bona fides. It looks sterling silver. And then um, some rim sugar and um, glasses, so martini glasses. So it was very cool, and I thank you very much. You're welcome, lemon drop sister. <laughs> You're welcome, and I'm sure it was. I know it was premium vodka, and I'm sure it was sterling silver. 
But I got a Drinkworks. Are you familiar with Drinkworks? I am not familiar with Drinkworks. Drinkworks, actually, here, let me see, because you're watching. You see that there? So Drinkworks is a drink maker made by Keurig. So just like on the, like the Keurig, you put in the pod and then you push mm -hmm. the button and it makes your coffee. This mm -hmm. you put in the cocktail pod, you press oh. start and it makes a cocktail. Oh, okay. So yay. So that's what I So got. it makes, it mixes whatever the mix is in your pod with ever the appropriate liquor. No, 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 no. So there are two different ones on the market. One is called a, uh, a, a drink, a barista, uh, what's it called? Uh, something, it's called something else. Um, and it has like four cylinders that you fill with alcohol and then the pods don't have alcohol, it's just a mixer. And then it pulls from the different canisters, whichever. That's what I just said. Yeah, but that's not the one I, that's not the one I got. Oh, oh the one I got one has have. the alcohol in the pod. So, so literally- drink the pod? You just drink, well, because- because I, I guess it's concentrated. So it has a water filter, a water uh, dispenser, a reservoir, and it has a, um, a CO2 cartridge. So some okay. drinks that need fizz, it will pull okay. in the, the okay. CO2 okay. or, you know, whatever. So, and it, so it's like it a soda water. stream for adults. Yeah, sort of okay. like a soda stream for adults. <laughs> okay. Right? So, I hope you're yeah. making note of all of these brands that we have just. Yeah, made it's like, so yeah, let's go. And I do have a soda stream. Them. Well, you remember our mom gave I know. us all the soda stream one year, and I haven't replaced my cartridge. So I haven't, <laughs> I need to pull it out, but I got to buy a cartridge. No, no, I get it. But so, so, so yeah, so this thing, you, you put the pot in, and then you literally, you put the pot in, and it, I guess it has whatever code and the QR code, you know, whatever code in it. So it knows what the drink is. It tells you what size glass to put. I just put a mug under it. So whatever, uh, uh, <laughs> whatever uh. it is, it'll fit. I don't use a mug, but, um, and then you press start and then you have a cocktail in less than 60 seconds. It's like the most brilliant thing. And um, so I've set it up on my little bar cart next to my ice maker. So what you might see, because those, because we're recording this, uh, you know, as a video, so people can't see it, but you can. There's like an ice, there's an ice maker there, and then the the uh, drink works next to it. So anyway, when I bought it, or when I got it, I bought a um, a sampler pack, because I'm like, well, I don't know which drinks what I like, so let me go and see, you know, what the options are. So I got a, a sampler pack that comes with 16 different drinks. Well, now I know which ones I like, <laughs> but they off during, I don't know if it was a holiday thing or whatever, but they kept offering these different, if you buy, you know, a sampler pack, you'll get a gift card, you know, re, basically a rebate via gift card. So then I ended up having all these gift cards because of course I had all these pods that I bought so then this morning I went and bought new, new All drinks. All the things that you actually like with your gift cards. Yes. So here, like, here's one. You're recording. You can't just go away. I, I know. I didn't go far. But here's one. Long Island iced tea. Okay. So it's like, yeah. So it has like four things in the thing. And then anyway, so that's what I went to do this morning. 
but I can't use, I couldn't like order it online with the, um, the gift cards and all that other stuff. So I got up bright and early and I went to do some shopping and then I stopped at BevMo and then I came home. And then as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna make a lemon. They don't have a lemon drop, but they do have like two lemon vodka fizzies or something, so. Okay. That's so, how I'll be spending my day. So this is how you're using your empty nest time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's that's cool. So. No, that, that is actually cool. And so that will launch us into part two of our discussion about empty nesting. And in part one, we talked about sort of the adjustment period, right? And, mm -hmm. and recognizing that you are in fact have moved into that phase of your life. And while we're talking about this in terms of an empty nest, it really is about transition and how you will move into any new phase of your lives. So you talked about managing expectations and, and um, not being so wedded to a particular outcome or thinking things needed to be a particular way and, and to expect the unexpected, being flexible. Mm -hmm. And um, how you have learned to actually embrace some of the magic that comes from solitude. So this morning, you know, waking up would be one of those examples, right? You yeah, and of, I didn't turn on my TV. That's awesome. And I didn't awesome. immediately check my uh, my cell phone. You know, do, have we talked? Have we talked about um, just quickly the social dilemma, the movie, the social dilemma? We have not, and we can set aside an episode to do that. I, I thought it was an interesting movie. And so you did see it? Okay, I have I have seen it. Yes. So yes, we should we should talk about that. We should talk about it. But I just want to say one of the. One of the things that just stuck with me from the movie, and for anybody who hasn't really seen it, they just talk about how uh, social, how manipulated we are in a nutshell um, by our device, how attached we are to our devices and how that is in large part by design and how we're somewhat manipulated by yes. uh, social media and so forth. So again, we talked about that. There's a, a counterbalance time. to all of that, which is, you know, some of my favorite things to, I don't want to say preach, but some of the, the things that I certainly work on with my clients, I'm definitely working on with myself, which is the, this concept of simply having a vision for your life and being really clear on your values and your priorities, <laughs> making sure that your choices are then moving you towards what your vision is for your life and getting caught up, whether it is social media or just Madison Avenue in general, right? Is it's something that we have to be very intentional about in counterbalancing all of that. So, so well, um, my the point that I was gonna make just, you know, is first of all, people should watch the watch the film. I think it's on Netflix, I believe. Um, watch it, watch it more than once if you need to, just to reinforce it. But one of the things that that they pointed out was that we're 
literally have been programmed to like roll over in bed and check our phones, right? And they they send out the messages and they have reminders and messages and things waiting on your phone and you get addicted to that to the rhythm of right you know of of checking your phone and of doing these actions and one of the i think one of the questions that they asked was in the morning do you check your phone before you go to the bathroom or while you're going to the bathroom or huh. something to that effect. Yeah, it's I don't like, remember you that. You know, it's a sort of like, because yeah. we know it's one or the other, right? We know you either roll over and look at your phone or you grab your phone, get up, go use the bathroom. And while you're sitting there or standing there, uh, yeah, I don't do looking either. at your phone. I don't do either. And I do both. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do, both. do either. So I, once, once that was brought into my consciousness, <laughs> Excuse me. I've made. I'm sorry. I had a cough. I've made a conscious effort to not to do neither, and you know. And so that's, that's my point about being that's intentional. A, yeah. you, you that's a big to, deal yeah. for me. It's like, okay, Greer, don't do it. And then and you so, know, as a matter of no, fact, I, wait ten minutes. I think we or longer. I think we <laughs> should actually have that conversation about the movie and and some of the the things that can be done. Um, starting with awareness, right? I think the movie is helpful in that it helps bring some awareness to that issue, then being intentional about it and how to go about doing that. So, um, but let's bring this back to this part two of our discussion and sort of what are we doing as, and, and what can you do as you move forward in your transition you know, again, specifically as it relates to being an empty nester, but this really can apply to any situation. And once you've made the adjustment, where do you go from there? What do you do next? And so some of the things that I will say helped me in my transition were you know, after getting some clarity about what I wanted for my life and, and acknowledging the situation that I was at, my new life status, right? Once I acknowledged that new life status and sort of had dealt with the feelings that surrounded that uh, above and beyond just the grief process that I went through after losing my son, but the rest of what came along with that, the, the grief process for some of the things that would never happen in my life, right? Um, and I, dealing with the feelings that came along with that, having to develop some new traditions with family, and some of the things that I did were things I had never done before. And so I took a vacation that was, and this is probably not a big deal for you because you're much more adventurous. I always have been much more adventurous than I've been, but I took my very first vacation by myself um, after I became an empty nester. And it, I wasn't someone, still not really someone who goes and has lunch or dinner by myself, right? I have done it. 
I still find it a little uncomfortable, but I actually. I don't like actually, it at all. <laughs> I, I actually went on vacation by myself and it was probably one of the best things that I'd ever done in terms of helping me to grow one into the role as an empty nester, but in terms of helping me to address some fears, address some feelings of, um, you know, all kinds of feelings. And I spent a lot of time on that vacation. We talked about in the last episode, silence. Where'd you go? I went to the desert. I oh, okay. stayed down in Palm Desert. And mm -hmm. I was there for a week and I, I went, took my golf clubs. I played a lot of golf. It was in the middle of the summer. So it was hot as hell. Um, but, you know, I went, I spent time in my own head, kind of working through lots of the things that I was working through at the time, played some golf and spent a lot of time just sort of in my journal. And uh, it, it helped. So one of the things I would suggest is that at some point you plan a getaway, that you actually get away and allow yourself to feel the things that you're feeling, to, to sort of set a course uh, in a new direction. And whether that's something that you would do alone or if you are, you know, part of a, a couple in a relationship, part of a couple, something that you guys do together. And it's an opportunity to get regrounded, right, with yourself, with your partner, um, and possibly with friends, if that is appropriate. Opportunity to get reacquainted with friends. And uh, after, you know, raising kids for 18 plus years, you know, having a, a vacation by yourself, particularly if that's not something that you had done uh, during the period of raising your kids. Yeah, you know, well, interesting, uh, you know, about taking a vacation by yourself or even being by yourself. I don't like dining by myself. It's just, it's just one of those things I don't like. I will go to a bar, like I'll sit at a bar because there's a bartender there, maybe somebody on either side of you and you can, you know, uh, get a conversation going, but just sitting in a restaurant with people all around me, you know, it's just, it's just not my thing. No, it's, that's it's, it. it's a little uncomfortable. Some people but... love it though. They'll bring a book and they sit and it's just a well, nice time for them. I don't see I just... going to, out to dinner with a book seems I, yeah I don't make lunch or breakfast or, I, I just I don't like it but <laughs> but we um we uh I don't you know what when, I don't mind breakfast I don't mind coffee I don't mind drinks but something about lunch and dinner a hmm. movie I don't know there and, and, and this is my own weird paging thing, Dr. Freud paging Dr. Ford. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of weird to do alone because yeah, I think, I think yeah. because it is just something historically you do with other people. So it, it just, it feels yeah. weird, but I don't like, it's just, I think it, for me, it's something about being sitting at a table by myself. Again, I can sit at a bar or a counter or a chair or whatever, but I, I don't want to sit at a table. But anyway, that aside, when I did 
drop Donovan off from when, you know, when he went to school and we had made multiple trips there and all that. But on the final trip, when school start, you know, school's going to start in a couple of days and they had the, uh, you know, move into the dorm and do all that. Then they had the, the convocation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they're like, and, and say goodbye to your student before the convocation, because afterwards they take them off and they do activities to help them meet each other and get to know the campus and all that stuff. So, so first of all, I, going into the thing, knowing that was like the last time I was going to be with them, I started just boohoo. I was okay. And then I saw some other little kid crying, like sobbing, red face, snot, the whole nine yards. It was like, dude. And then, but it just, you know, brought the waterworks. So then I couldn't stop crying probably for the next hour. And the whole time through the convocation, I'm sitting there, you know, like crying. It's like, oh, my baby, whatever. Anyway, that said, I quickly got over. I went back to my hotel. Again, I'm in, you know, uh, he goes to school in New York. So I went back to my hotel, which was in uh, Midtown and, um, you know, grabbed some dinner. I think I had room service because I had an early morning flight the next day to Cancun, which I had not told him about. He, when he found out, he, like, he went to Cancun. I was like, you know, well, for me, what, what happened? I was like, there's no way that I could leave New York, you know, drop him off, get on the plane, come back home to an empty house. I needed some transition period. Exactly. I yes. needed I needed a detour. So my detour was through Cancun. But you know, I went down there and I had a week. It was the first time in his lifetime, right? So in 20 well at the time, 18 years that I had been alone for a full week with no work, no school, no mommy duty, no homework, no, no nothing. And I, so I went down, I stayed at a hotel on the beach. I, I'm in Cancun, so duh. Um, and you know, one good thing was it was uh, all inclusive. So it didn't, you know, which it was good and bad because, you know, it decentivized me to leave the resort, <laughs> right? I did leave the resort on a couple of occasions, but it was like, eh, everything's here. I don't want to go waste money buying food, eating and drinking around town. You know, so for the most part, it's like, I'm going to stay at the resort. But then I realized what I really needed was just downtime. I didn't right. need to be, you know, doing a whole bunch of exploration and a whole bunch of whatever. I just needed time alone to decompress and to drink unlimited <laughs> margaritas, right? You know, the bars were open. So I was like, I got unlimited drinks. I got unlimited food, basically. I'm on the beach. You know, I would get up in the morning, go walk on the beach, you know, have breakfast. Again, the dining alone, I didn't like. Some days I got room service because I just, you know, it's just more comfortable for me. But even that, it was like, you know what? I, I get the room service and set it up on the balcony and I'm over, I can hear the ocean waves, you know. It, it just was such a magical time, that time alone, like you, like you said, to decompress, to do some visualization, to um, 
just sort of relax into my new reality and to accept right. that and let that wash over me and let that and just be. And, you know, for the first time, it's like, I don't have to cook dinner. You know, I don't have to help with homework. I don't have to give a ride. I don't have to be, I don't have to do any, I don't have to do anything. anything. And, right. and, and it gave me permission, even for myself. It was like, you know, Greer, you don't have, you don't have to get up. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to take a shower. You don't have to eat. You don't have to sleep. You could, and, and that's you know, the beautiful part, do what you right? want to do. Yes. Yes. And, and that is the first step is, is accepting your new reality and the, and the blue sky nature yes. of your, of your new reality. Absolutely. And I think that getting away helps to sort of cement that, right? And for you, it was, even if you didn't realize, well, it sounds like you did realize it, but even if you had been in a place where you didn't realize it, that making a physical separation, like a, a real demarcation of this is, you know, the the old life, free so emptiness, new life, post yes, emptiness, exactly. Yeah. Is is a it's a ritual, right? And it helps to make that ritualize it. it, it <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, but that's exactly, exactly what it did, right? I ritualized it, as did you. Yeah, and, and that, and then when it was time to leave. And I got on the, and by the way, I did go into town. I did, I went to Tulum. I did some other stuff. So I didn't just sit in my hotel. But when it was time to get on the plane and come back home, New York, Hoff Donovan and his new situation was like a distant memory. It wasn't, I didn't go right from here to there. Right. I had this time in between. And then I got home and it was like, I was just happy to be home at that point because I had been gone for, you know, I think I've been weeks. gone about two weeks at that right, point. Right. So, you know, it was like, oh, I'm back home. And it never, I never had that, that sense of, of, oh my God, I'm here all alone. I'm here just, alone. And I'm here yeah, alone. Right. And you know what? I take that, but I did eventually have it. I, I think, um, but it was later in the year when the daylight savings time changed, which is, probably a whole nother episode that we could do that. I get, I think, I think I have seasonal affective disorder, right? So that when it's dark and you come home from work at 5.30 and it's already dark and it's cold and it's rainy and it's, you walk in the house and it's cold. And I'm like, wow, that's when it first hit me. But we were, it wasn't, that's well in the November, I think, before right. that happened. So that was when it, I think all of it started, the novelty of being, you know, home alone had sort of worn off. And now you're like, oh, this is what it's going to be like. So, but so, I, you know, I would say for me, the, the, the sort of the key things for me are establishing a daily routine that is about what a, a routine that serves you, that meets your new needs. And, I, you know, the, the, the biggest part of the transition is identifying what your new needs are, right? My new right. needs are not, don't involve homework and cooking dinners and all the kinds of mommy type things that, that I have been doing. So establishing a daily routine, exploring new interests, setting Absolutely. new goals, and then 
working toward those goals. Those are sort of the three buckets. And then enjoying that new, you know, not just working, working, oh, working, absolutely. but then enjoying the fruits Making, of, the, of the, your labor. Absolutely. And I think that is probably a piece that might get lost in the shuffle is that, that you have to enjoy. It's not going to change, right? And Unless, of course, your kids come back um, or you're someone who just won't let go. The, this is going to be basically your status for presumably the rest of your life, right? That you are not going to have children living in your home. And if they, if you do deal with that then, but since that's going to be your new status, enjoying what is becomes supremely important. And, and I think I part of the challenge that I've had though is because of coronavirus, the unique circumstance it is coronavirus well, yeah I the mean, ability to just sort of enjoy it has but you sort have of to make diminished. a decision that i'm going to enjoy it in well you have to find other ways to limits, enjoy it but i'm saying what i thought limitations what i right. thought it would be would be oh i'm going to napa with my girlfriends or well, whatever that addresses and, your you know managing the drink works machine over here well, that goes back to your managing the expectations, yeah. right? And being flexible and part of enjoying anything that happens in life or wherever you are in life requires that you actually be flexible with how it happens. And I think one of the things that has happened for me as a result of how I came into my empty nesthood uh, is really embracing, and this is challenging for me, is really embracing though the, the need to be flexible and not be so rigid and wedded to the way I think things should be or the way I want things to be because I have learned the hard way <laughs> more than one time, in, in fact, that is not going to always be the way that I want. And so when I am so committed to that, that when it doesn't turn out that way, it keeps me from being in the flow, from enjoying, from being happy. It's counterproductive for the vision that I have for my life. So, um, but I absolutely agree with you that establishing routines uh, around the new things that you want to bring into your life or that you want to do into your life uh, is supremely important. And going back to your other point about solitude and silence is the opportunity that you give yourself to actually get creative about what those things are going to be, right? And getting in touch with your interests and your passions, getting reacquainted with them if it's something that has been a part of your past or creating the new ones moving forward. So you have to give your op yourself opportunity to get creative, discover new passions, pursue them, enjoy them. And if you find yourself down a path that is one that you're not enjoying, being willing to, to pivot, right? The last pivot. year's last year's <laughs> word of the year. Um, I can never hear that word without thinking of, who is it, Ross on Friends? Oh, yeah. Give it. Give it. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, go ahead. Taking time. Finish, I just wanted to wrap that piece up, just saying the, the importance of taking some time. So, go um, on. One of the things, and you know, I, this is no, no uh, reflection of my friends. My, my, I have a very uh, close-knit group of girlfriends. I have an eclectic group of friends. Um, you know, and I have different sort of groups of friends that sometimes, <laughs> you know, we keep them separate. Never the, the, never the <laughs> never twins shall meet. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do, but generally they sort of don't. Um, but that said, uh, one of the things that I, that I learned or that I realized was how many of my friends are friends because our children went to school together, right? Mm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, I have my, my old school girlfriends that I grew up with or that have been friends like all of my adult life. And then I have the friends that I've made over the year. You know, I've got friends that I've worked for with. For the last 20 years. Yeah, you, well, you have friends that you work with, like you leave a job and maybe one or two people there remain, you know, really close friends. Um, and, you know, and I've had two or three different jobs. So I've got a couple of friends here, a couple of friends from there, a couple of friends from there. And, you know, but we've formed really strong friendships over the years. And then I have a bit slightly bigger group of friends that are those who are kids, you know, went to school together. So in, in my case, you know, not only did you go to school together, but they went through scouting, Boy Scouts together, or they went through sports together, you know, starting with, you know, Pop Warner or Little League or whatever until they get up to high school. Then all of a sudden it's time to go off to high school. Now people are going in different directions. And then you sort of, from that, you can sort of see, okay, who are the real, you know, who, which of those relationships are like made now for a lifetime versus they were sort of convenient. We're really friendly, but we don't hang out. We're not, you know, lifelong friends, right? Um, and being, and having, I've learned that I have to have a willingness to not so much let the friendships go, but to move in different directions that may or may not include those people. If what we had in common really was our children and our, and our proximity to one another and our lifestyle, but not necessarily, you know, all these, you know, real interests. Um, you know, you've got, you've got to be willing to make new friends, I guess is what I'm getting at. And that, so for me, I'm trying to buy a house, right? I'm in the process of buying a house. So as I'm looking for homes and in California, <laughs> you know, the reality is what I can afford to buy is not necessarily where I can afford to rent, right? So it's like, right. I'm going to have to move away from the area that I live in, because I there's no way that I could because I rent now. There's no way that I can afford to buy where I where I currently live. I, I just can't. And I'm like, well, I don't want to I don't want to move because this is where all my friends are. And I've had to really kind of stop and 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 take note. It's like, well, this is first of all, you have a car, <laughs> so you can go visit them, and they have cars, so they come visit you. But I'm like, 
nobody, you know, and if, if you know anything about the Bay Area, um, and I don't want to give away where I live per se, but let's just say I live in the, what the, what do they call this, the Tri-Valley area? So like uh, San Ramon, Danville, Alamo, kind of that area. I'm not going to say Blackhawk, <laughs> but let's just, let's just say, you know, Blackhawk. Um, but where I may need to buy maybe Antioch or Sacramento or whatever. And I'm like, you know, my friends are not going to come visit me in Sacramento or Lodi or Tracy or Stockton. And they're not I'm, your friends. Well, is that, is that true? Or is it just that the, everybody has yeah. their own life? Well, it's not that they would never come. But it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop by on Tuesday after work, right? Well, do they do that now? Well, they, yeah. Well, not now. Last time someone stopped by Tuesday after work. Well, not now, but when we were in Martinez, they did. Okay. You know, routinely. randomly. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm going to come by. And yeah, we'd have dinner or we'd go to... Or let's meet at the trail and go for a walk or let's, you know, meet for coffee in 20 minutes or whatever. So, yeah, that was a big part of my life and my lifestyle is getting together with girlfriends two or three times a week, doing stuff or whatever. Well, they're not going to do that. And I'm not going to do that. That doesn't mean I'm not their friend. It just means I'm not going to do that. But I've got to be willing to say, you know what, I'll, I'll make new friends, <laughs> which is my point. I say all that to say. Mm, you I know, was wondering as, where this story was going. <laughs> but as, a, as adults, we often, you know, you have the friends you have, and we often don't really think about making new friends. Relationships require a lot of work, and it's kind of awkward, and you meet somebody at a thing, and, you know, we network, and we build It's interesting you say that because we expect that of our children, but... Exactly. It's like, go outside, make new friends. But I think as you become an adult, you know, and maybe we'll have to do an episode where we explore friendships and, you know, what, how they come about. But... You know, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think of the last time that I met someone somewhere, I was drawn to them and it was like, God, I want to be that person's friend. Let's be friends. Let's go out to, you know, and then really followed it up and then then cultivated a relationship. I, 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 I'm not saying that it hasn't happened, but most of the friends I have now are either through our, through our children or they're friends of friends who, you know, we're always sort of getting together as a group and then somebody, you know, you, you become friends with. But I've got to be willing to be like, you know what, not just a neighbor, but just a person that I meet out and about. And that's an odd. Do you well, make I, I okay, let me ask that. you, because you because I, I sense that you're like, really, Greer? Do oh, you well, have I'm, friends I'm surprised, that you I'm surprised in as it relates to you. I'm not surprised of that in general because you are usually the one that is connecting with random people as you're out and about. When you're wine tasting or out to dinner or we're out having drinks, you are generally the one who is willing to step outside of the group that you are with to connect with people 
that and I do connect and I do and, exactly that, then, but then I don't follow that up with any okay. The, okay, so that becomes a different thing. So as an empty nester, maybe that becomes one exactly. of your that's your my point. Vision. It's like now, now it's like part of this process is opening myself and you're saying up to that it's gonna actually have to be required because if you it end up moving outside of where you currently live or when you purchase a house and end up somewhere else, that that's going to necessarily be a part of that equation, right? Yes. Which then says that you want to be very intentional and specific about where you choose to move so that that becomes an opportunity, there becomes an opportunity for you to do that. Yeah, right? I don't want to be because anywhere. I know, <laughs> there are some well, neighbors I don't want just, to be my friend. Not just, but not just that, but I know that sort of one of your visions for life is to have a ranch, right? Yeah. And to have some property. And if right now you move to a place where you do that and you're in the middle of nowhere by yourself, that's going to make that prospect a little more challenging if there are no people around you. <laughs> that is true. So but this, today you know, it sounds so ideal. Well, the, and then there's that. But it's like, yeah, no, no neighbors. Leave taking me alone, all yo. those variables into account as you are making this decision for this next chapter of your life. Exactly. Next phase of your life. And if being able to create new friendships becomes part of that plan, how do you make sure you you set yourself up for the possibility of connecting with to, to have regular access yeah. to the which the may mean joining a club right that, it may mean joining exactly, a club or taking exactly. up an activity a meetup you know, or something like that do, exactly. doing those exactly and those yeah. were things that I had never considered before but you didn't have to because you but had an influx to. of people coming exactly. in and out of your life so, and now, it, yeah. you know, and they say, you know, do things that you enjoy and you'll find, you know, people that, you Which know, was going to be one of the things I was going to say is discovering a new passion, a new hobby, and, um, but new friends is, is important on that list as well, yeah. right? And, it just, I, and actually, I guess I'm just saying it never occurred to me that I might need to make, make new friends. <laughs> You well, know, at my age, it's like, oh, I got to make new friends. Like you, you said, with our kids. To make new friends. Like you say with our kids, though, go outside and go go make some new friends. Yeah, go, yes, go, go outside, outside and, play. and play, Greer. Go outside, <laughs> go outside and, play. and play. Maybe so. we'll change the title of this episode to go, go outside, outside and play, and Greer. Play. So, yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and I wouldn't couch it this way exactly for how I have done it, but it is something that I have done, which is to turn a hobby into a business or to create a new, um, you know, because along with being an empty nester may be that you find yourself at that age where the work that you've been doing uh, the career that you've had, maybe you want to move on to something else. You don't need to, to do that, or you can, it's time and you have the time and flexibility to explore some other avenues, right? 
Uh, mm -hmm. You needed to have a job that had particular benefits or flexibility or income in order to raise your child, send them off to school. Maybe there's some additional flexibility that comes along with your new yeah. status. Well, certainly life. the first thing I noticed was I'm no longer tethered to a school district. And, right? and that, that was right? the biggest, the biggest change for me. It was like, wow, I don't have to live here. Right. And my son had gone right, to school you for years and all of his friends were there. Yeah. And it was like, well, I don't want to pull him out of that. And then. But you, know. you had, well, you chose that area specifically for the quality of the schools. Yeah. Right. When, yeah. when I remember when you were making decisions about moving to the area and the school district that you would be in, uh, you know, given if you're not sending your kid to private school. Yeah. Right. That you want to choose the best school district possible. You choose a place to live that allows you to have access to those schools. Um, but now you've got some freedom, possibly with the 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 release of the funds for a private school or needing to be tethered to a particular area um, for school. And you can or look work or anything you, else. And now the people or anything else. Now that people start to work now remotely, that we've got that exactly, yeah. um, or that you're old enough that you could retire or leave wh wherever you're working. You know uh, what? And I and I you get that everyone We're shut doesn't... this episode down if you're going to be talking about somebody being old enough to do something to retire. Did you just say old enough to retire? I retired. What are you talking about? I mean, I retired. What are you talking about, Willis? Okay. I'm not. I'm not, I don't consider myself that old, but old enough to retire. Um, mm. But if you've got a situation that allows that, and, and I will recognize everyone doesn't have that, right? I was able to officially retire uh, at 55 and some people will be old enough to do that soon. Um, not <laughs> I did not need you out in me. At all. Thank you very I did. much. I did yes, I will be and I will be retiring soon. But but or maybe you will, maybe soon. you won't. But I'll be the, able the, to. The bottom line is that it's an opportunity. You've got freed up time. You may have some freed up resources, depending on you know what changes have happened um, with the movement into empty nesthood that allows you to take something that you've been doing and actually turn it into an income earning opportunity, which I would suggest empty nest or not is something that you should be doing. One of the things that became apparently abundantly clear out of the, the coronavirus experience is that having a single source of income, right? doesn't serve a lot of people. And here's an opportunity for you to take something that you actually enjoy and possibly turn it into a, a, an additional stream, revenue stream. And it's certainly worth exploring. It's something that I did, was doing, called it a side hustle, you know, side gig, whatever. But um, that's where I found myself. Yeah, and so, if you do find yourself, you know, wanting to take a, you know, a, a, an interest or a passion, like podcasting, for instance, and turning it into a, 
a, a career even, there are ways to do that. There are. Um, why don't we have a little break for a word from our, our sponsor? Back from a word from our sponsor. And so it is, you know, I think it's a, it's a something that everyone should explore. Multiple streams of income, I just believe, are um, vitally important. And, you know, even before, for me, even before coronavirus, but I think coming out of that experience, a lot of people have recognized that. So whether it is learning how to invest or having income property, um, party planning, whatever it is, if you've got a passion, a hobby, something, see how you might be able to turn that around. Use it to help you take vacations. I'm not a, I'm not a tax right? I'm not a tax attorney and I'm, you know, but there are things that you can do that make it possible for you to, to travel. Or you could just invest in GameStop stocks. Or you could do that. (laughs) I think, I think when that happened, then we get a whole bunch of new millionaires or whatever. So, you know, who knows? If you're a day trader, you can turn that in. Explore your options is the bottom line. (laughs) Explore the, explore all those options. So yeah. Um, anything you want to say as we start to wrap this conversation up? Um, the, the, other, uh, the only other thing that I want to say is, and this is something that everybody that I know who is an empty nester keeps reminding me that, you know, not only do your kids come back, they generally start coming back with additional people, right? Girlfriends, boyfriends, wives, spouses, children. Um, So it probably would be useful to, as as you start to sort of map out this next phase of your life, to incorporate some time, right, for your children to come back. You had mentioned in a, in our last episode, you know, maybe having virtual dinners or or you know whatever whatever those kinds of things. Right, might be. creating new traditions and things. Creating yeah. new traditions. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you don't quite get rid of their bedroom <laughs> right away, or maybe you, uh, um, you know, turn their bedroom into a guest room. So that it has a little bit of, of dual functionality there, instead of making it your, instead of making there's it your sewing room or your some other is, kind of room. There is an opportunity for you to visit, but it is not your room for you to stay. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, as I'm looking for a house, uh, you know, my son is g- giving me, you know, his. Um, well, he doesn't plan his to be list gone. of demands. That, there's a difference, <laughs> and, and 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 that's a conversation. So not only episode. not only did he describe what his room the, the what his accommodations needed to be, he also you know was like and then I'll need like some hangout space like a separate another room or den you know my my office no you my don't den. get your own so man it's like cave he gets like <laughs> he gets a bedroom and a man cave in a house that he doesn't even live in that is just not so a, not unless we're going on the loan together yeah oh that's an idea. So, yeah, so, but, you know, recognize 
that other people, whether you're single or married, right, or, or coupled up, either way, you need to make sure you make space. Well, you don't need to do anything, but you might want to make space. So as an example, our mother, uh, bless her heart, she has a, what, a three-bedroom house? And there's like not another space. She intentionally set it up that there is no space for anybody to be spending the night. It's like when you come over here. Well, we have. Well, a, you take an air mattress. air mattress. Okay. Yeah. No, I want a bed. I want. To, I'm like Donovan. I want my own room and then no, a hang you don't, space. No, that doesn't. But work she out. has. Well, my point is that she made her house, and I said you don't have to do this, but you could consider. She made her house comfortable for her, and then that is very clear it's <laughs> anybody who comes because there isn't a guest room you know a designated guest room which makes sense it's like you don't have that many rooms and just you know waste one on a guest room when you only have or guests, that many guests know, three times a year right or that many guests which is an interesting thing so as a realtor um and i watch a lot of hgtv and watching people who you know are making all these demands on things that they need for the house and it's got to have a dining room that will you know seat 22 and it's and like, it's like okay, you only have so a christmas dinner once you a year dining room once <laughs> thanksgiving a year. maybe twice that's how you're going to buy your house based on the need for one meal a year well you know how i used to be a realtor day? i used to be a realtor too and people are like we need a living room with tall ceilings that will accommodate a 20-foot christmas tree I mean, they would buy a house around a Christmas tree. And I was like, really, you can't have a smaller tree, but you know, I, and I you know, it. but even your house, you guys at your house, you, you got your master bedroom, you each have your home offices. And then I come over and I'm like, well, where's my room? And you're like on that sofa, here's a, here's a blanket. I will a say this, I will say this about the house. That, that was not the intent. The problem was the, the, bed situation wouldn't fit in our original plan. So we ended up having to make a modification. I'll just say that. The okay. original plan was to have one of the offices double as the guest room for those rare occasions when someone showed up. Um, the, this, the sofa bed doesn't fit, and the sofa bed is very comfortable, right? It is. It's not, it's not a typical sofa bed, and it's got a topper and all of that but the it won't fit in the door into the office so that became the issue and i'm not Go i wasn't on. trying to wasn't no trying i'm to, just I'm, I'm just, I'm, just I'm, I'm making the point that the life that you set up is the life you're going to set up and you need to make it what works for you, you in your new reality and you have that. your vision but you right. may also want to consider of plan and some flexibility for I'm saying various that, things. I, I, I don't all. think anyone really sets a vision like I'm never having my kids come back. They, they can't even visit. They don't even get a guest room. Well, like that commercial on HGTV when the parents made the boys' bedroom into a, whatever it is, the new kitchen, and they expanded it. And he's like, well, where's my room? And it's like, well, it was there, but closet. it was smaller. <laughs> And, and that is exactly the point. I have a vision. There's a place for you. The place does not include you living here, right? But there's always room for you. So uh, with that, we, 
wrap this up. And so it was a joy having this conversation with you, kind of um, talking through some of the challenges, some of the, the great things that are a part of being um, an empty nester as well. We hope that it helps you. Again, we talked about these transitions in the context of an empty nest, but in reality, they are applicable for our, all sorts of life changes. And so I hope you found something of value that you can use. And if so, drop us a line. You can leave an audio message at anchor.fm and, um, Drop by our, our Facebook page and share some of your thoughts there. So uh, with that, thank you this so much great. for joining us for this episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. And until next time, take care. Bye. It was great chatting with you, Whitney. And see you all soon. You too. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com.